often the the best decisions and the decisions that we need to make to push ourselves to get growth, like as people, as leaders, and also as a company Mm. are the ones that you don't want to make. And it's never the decision that's the easiest option. It's always the one. There's so many more hurdles you have to jump through. I think we don't give ourselves enough credit of times when we actually deep down did know better. Mm. We might not have made that decision. We might've listened to someone else and didn't go with our gut feeling, but I think we've actually always known Mm. the best. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Lovely neighborhood. I'm so excited about today's episode, especially after our little unexpected break. Thank you guys so much for your patience and ongoing lovely, lovely messages. You've probably heard me say before that one of the coolest parts of having a podcast is having an audio record of how you felt at a particular point in your life that you can then look back on or listen to later, like our anniversary episodes or our Q&As. And being able to do that with our guests as well, if they return for a reunion, is even more special. So today, after nearly four years since we recorded, how has that even happened? The incredible Laura Henshaw and Steph Smith have jumped on again to celebrate the second round of their Keep It Cleaner tour, which I'm so thrilled to be emceeing again. When we first recorded in December 2018, Keep It Cleaner had just started. So catching up on how far the girls and both of our communities have come since then was the absolute greatest. I got to meet some of you at the first stop of the kick tour in Adelaide last weekend and I cannot say how much it meant to be hugging in person again and meeting you guys in person and hopefully there'll be some more of you in Auckland and then Perth over the coming weekends. Having just explained one of the coolest parts of having a podcast, you know I say all the time that one of the hardest parts is not getting to see you guys when you listen so meeting you in person just makes my absolute world. Also, very quick sorry to anyone here who hasn't been able to listen on Apple Podcasts for the last two or so episodes. No idea why. We're working through the issues and hopefully the glitch will be fixed shortly. I hope your October is off to a wonderful start. Oh my gosh, it's October. And that this helps you kick off a fresh month with a solid dose of yay. Welcome back to the show, Steph and Laura. Steph and Lozzy, welcome back to Seize the Yay. Thank you so much for having us again. So we've been able to see you like in, is it twice in two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> We're about to have a little vacay together, a little adventure. I was thinking the other day that it has been since December 2018. You were on last on the show in 2018 and I don't think the world could have changed more. I like, know. Like the timing could not be more wow. dramatic. That <laughs> is insane. So how, is that four, no, nearly four, three and a half years? Yeah, three and a half years ago, but also not just three and a half years ago, but like very, very early on in the CZA journey, like the first, I think within the first 20 episodes, but also so early in your journey <laughs> and so much has happened since then. You guys had both just got engaged as a little reminder. That's kind of where things were at. Yeah. I think Very, Kiki just launched too, the app. Yes. Yeah. The, the app, app just launched. Like, yeah. 20, and also, so that was the start of it. And I still, to this day, it's one of my favourite interviews that we've ever done. Yeah. You're just so oh, good. And that was at the start guys. of your journey. Now you're like four and a half years in. How three weird is that? Yeah, four, yeah. I can't count. Three and a half. Three and a half. <laughs> but one of the greatest things I think, and you guys would have that now too, is when your podcast has been around for long enough that you actually get to look back at interviews you've done at the beginning with people that you're still in touch with, you kind of have that touch point of like, look how far we've come. Mm. Like how much has changed in that three and a half years? Obviously a pandemic, but now there's like a baby, <laughs> there's, you know, there's a tour happening again. Like so much has happened in that time. You're both married. Like we've survived lockdowns. Like there's just been so much that's happened. And I think you you guys know that one of the major themes of the show is the idea that you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to take the first step and you never 
never know kind of where things are going to take you. So first, can you catch us up on the major things that have happened with you guys, but also with a bit of a lens of like, did you expect in our first interview that this is where you would end up? What's been unexpected? What was, what has happened exactly how you thought it would? Like, Mm. I kind of think this is a really fun opportunity to be like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously in the mix of those last years was COVID and we can't kind of really reflect on what's happened since without pointing out the obvious yeah. because that really <laughs> changed quite a bit. I mean, for us, we were in our first year of launching the Kick app and suddenly we were all working from home. So that was quite a big change, but it was also, it was really incredible to be working in that space through that time as well. So we obviously lockdown in Melbourne was hectic and anyone listening that was a part of that and all over the world really would totally understand the ups and downs of uh, lockdown and COVID in general. But I think for us being able to work on kick at the time, it gave us like something to do, number one, and we were grateful (laughs) that we could continue our jobs because a lot of people couldn't, but also we were doing something that was helping people through that time as well. So that was really special and I think it was quite a special but challenging time to to go on together and as a team as well with the community. Yeah, I'm trying to... I think one thing on reflection that we I would definitely say is I would say we were much more naive in 2018. I'd oh, love totally. I'd love a little bit of that back. It would, be, <laughs> it would just be wonderful because I think and at that time I think we were having that interview. I probably would have 100% thought I'm sure you're probably the same stuff that running a business would get easier. Yeah. It yeah, has 100% got I thought that. <laughs> so much harder. Yeah. So it's really interesting even though with now three and a half years more experience mm. in our journey it's harder. Yeah. It's more complicated for sure. Yeah. Like the layers of responsibility get more as the business gets bigger. Totally. I I think one of the things that I definitely fall into the trap of is that in whatever area or project you're working on, you have this idea that big is better and that forward means more staff or more projects or more numbers and that everything should be more, more, more. But actually with that comes sometimes more money, sometimes better figures, but always more responsibility Mm -hmm. in a way that like that also means that the setbacks are bigger when they happen Mm. as well. It's just suddenly like, whoa, this is serious. Yeah, a kick too. We've always tried to create a culture where everyone can take risks. Like that's Mm. really, really important because I think too in what we're doing, it's, I mean, obviously it's quite an established industry, but it's still pretty new. So we have to take risks and test and learn. And I think that's something that's probably been the hardest to maintain over, over time because you're right, when the team grows, the, the revenue grows, you know, as the business grows, but also the costs of running the business grow and the stakes get higher mm. because sometimes when things don't work, the repercussions of that, you know, are much more serious than back in 2018. So it's just... <laughs> I don't know yeah, if we even hard. had a marketing budget back in 2018. Well, yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely wouldn't have. Definitely wouldn't okay. have. So actually, yeah, let's go through the like logistical changes. So mm-hmm. when we did our last interview, how many staff members did you have? Did you guys have an office at that point? Yeah, you had the office. Yes, yes we would have had an office. Yes, yes. And we had Kat and Bailey with us, I think, at that time. It was probably just the two of them and then we... So it was four of you all together in the business? And I reckon. We oh, it was December 2018. We... It just launched. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh. Right. Yeah, the yeah. app had just launched. That's right. We had and we outsourced all of our development. Mm-hmm. So we had a great team that we worked with, but they were an agency. So now we have got all of our development in-house. Yeah, that's our, our team has grown. So yeah, we, we've gone from four <laughs> to, including Steph and I, 18, 18 of us. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even that stuff, it's like unless you do an interview, looking back at the last interview you did, you don't actually stop and think about the comparison in time. And I think mm. it's really exciting to stop and look back and go, that is enormous. Mm. Even like the office space, like we shared an office space with our business partners and, and team and the grocery side of the business, which, you know, has also now been acquired and is a completely separate business. So it's just interesting to see the pathway of both businesses, where it's gone mm. since. Oh my God, so much has happened. Yeah, it's changed so much. Like the day-to-day has changed so much. And I think that's also what's really amazing to remember for anyone listening is that that whole staircase thing, it's like you really just can't predict what's yeah. going to happen in the years to come. All you can do is just put your best foot out there, be open to taking risks, try different things mm. because even with grocery being acquired, like mm. Kick has so many facets, but you didn't know which one was going to, mm. you know, resonate with you guys, resonate with your audiences. And I think it's such an exciting time to be alive because of that. 
Mm. Like scary and uncertainty is rife at the moment, but also really exciting. I think there's always uncertainty too. I think that's one thing in terms of running a business. One of the things we've had to really learn is kind of leading through change Mm. and understanding that change is uncomfortable. And I think if we look back in the past four, like since we last recorded four years of the business, since it's really grown, because back in 2018, our content was still, we we filmed in the office. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had Danny as our trainer who's been with us from the start, but we didn't have any other trainers. And now... Now we've, you know, got over 13 trainers in the app, you know, so many different workout types. But at the time we just, we had the one, you know, you, you logged in, you had your one workout of the day. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's completely changed. And, and I think to get to where we have today in reflecting on how we've got there, it's each time that we've had to make a really hard decision, which has made us uncomfortable, which has led to growth and evolution of kick. In that moment, it has been very hard and that decision, often the the best decisions and the decisions that we need to make to push ourselves to get growth, like as people, as leaders and also as a company, Mm. are the ones that you don't want to make. And it's never the decision that's the easiest option. It's always the one that is there's so many more hurdles you have to jump through. It's just so much harder on you emotionally. It's harder on everything is harder. But that's those decisions, if we look back, they're the ones that have made the impact and got us to where we are today. Oh, absolutely, because they either have made the positive impact and or if it's been a negative one, we've learnt so much mm. from it that it's we've been able to move forward bigger and better. Mm. I think mm. it's also cool to remember and you only sort of remember this when you do go through how has it grown each year and look back on where you've come from, is that idea that you didn't do it all overnight. Like it did happen in a series of smaller decisions and smaller evolutions. No one starts a huge app like the Kick App now with all the trainers, all the styles. Like you do often start with just one thing and I think Mm. that's Mm. for anyone who's at that very early stage of starting with an idea or maybe they haven't even started yet, you think you have to be you guys now. And it's like, no, four years ago, the app was so different. You mm. can start with just one offering and then figure out how you're going to grow along the way. Like Matchamatum, it's the same, one product. For two years, we only had one product. And you don't have to sort of have it all figured out at the beginning. You'll grow into it. And you don't even know what that will look like either. You guys are adding new styles still now, like not knowing what's going to come. Like tell us about Kick Dance. Like that just came out. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's new stuff every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think any brand should be, you know, starting out, you have to kind of build your community and build that trust and then learn from them and, and be in touch with them to then know where to go. I think, I think if you thought you had all the answers straight up, you know, you might not necessarily be for everyone and we're not trying to be for everyone, but it's been, you know, a lot of learnings along the way, being really in touch and engaged in our audience and our community that use the app every day has been why we've added all this variety and all of these choices and, you know, made the user experience on the app even better. But yes, Dance Cardio's has been a fun addition. I think a kick because it's all about, you know, moving to suit your mood and all that sort of stuff. We just felt like having Dance Cardio in there just made a lot of sense. A lot of our community, you know, work out in their bedroom in their PJs and it's the kind of thing that you can do with zero equipment, just have a bit of a boogie and it really boosts your mood. And I know for me, even throughout COVID, I was YouTubing old school like Jane Fonda videos because I wanted (gasps) to do stuff like that throughout COVID and just kind of lift my mood. And ever since then, I was like, guys, we need dance cardio. (laughs) And then we met Kath who, you know, is just an absolute legend, Mm -hmm. so on brand for kick and just everything that they live by is just amazing and also loves a boogie. So it just made sense. And we were, yeah, very, very excited to launch that new edition. Oh, how exciting. Well, another thing we've touched on just last week on KickPod is also the idea of confidence and how that changes. And as you said, Laura, before about the expectation that in business, as time goes on, things will get easier. I actually think I thought that I would one day not have self-doubt, that as I got more accomplished, I'd get more confident. But I feel like actually, as you get more advanced with more responsibility, you get less, like you almost get more nervous that you can't do it. The imposter syndrome almost gets stronger. And it would be remiss of me not to ask you guys to flip that question on you because we spoke about it from my perspective last time. But how have you guys felt about going from running something that was just you two and two staff to now a huge community with so many staff members? Laura, I know adjusting to being a CEO, (laughs) even that title alone has been really hard to adjust to. How have you guys found that that confidence piece oh it's still a journey I mean it's like exactly like what you were saying before about the business and you know people waiting for their product to be perfect before they can launch it I think something that we've had to learn and I mean it kind of it relates to everything confidence business everything but 
you, even now when we look at our product where it is and it, if I look at myself now as a leader, I have got so much evolution mm. that needs to happen. Kick has got so much evolution mm. that needs to happen. It's so interesting because as we change things, we just or we, we might, you know, bring new trainers in app or whatever it might be, we then are like, okay, so what else can we do? How else can we improve? <laughs> yeah. It's never a point where you get to like, okay, we are our app is it's perfect. Yes. Yes. We're yes. not going to change it, right? I'm great. <laughs> and that, that's exactly right. But I think the thing, and, and this is something that we have to work through with, with the team too, is that, and especially when you have new team members coming in and, um, especially with more senior hires, people come in and, and, you know, they might think, okay, we need to get to here and then it's, you know, then we'll be able to make X, Y, and Z change or w- whatever it might be. But what's really important and I think what a big part of our, our role in leading the business is to, and again, coming back to confidence, I promise I'll tie it back. It <laughs> makes sense. We're going somewhere. No, We're going it's so somewhere. fascinating. But it's, it's being able to do what we can with what we have at that time. So, yes, you know, we can think of where's Kit going to be in two years and it's going to be amazing because we're going to have all these extra systems and processes and resources. But right now, all we can focus on is what we have right now. And, yes, it is not perfect, but we can't not act because we're waiting mm. for it to be perfect. Mm. And it's the same thing with confidence. Like with me as a leader, I could sit back and say, okay, well, I'm not – like I always think to myself, I'd love to pause the world and go and do a, like a three-year leadership course, I don't know, at some amazing university to yeah, get better. Yeah, but nothing else right? can happen at the same time. Like everyone exactly. else has to stop. Because <laughs> I can't lose that time. Yeah. I can't pause. I want to go do like a combination leadership course, like leadership, also a bit of HR, like all these things that I would love to upskill in, right? And I could say, okay, I, even when we we spoke about me taking the role, right, Steph, like I, I could have said, you know what, I actually don't have every single trait that if I go and see, can I look at like what, mm. you know, CEO roles are. I don't have all of those skills and capabilities, so I can't do it. But I think right now that I'm doing an okay job, right? And it's, but it's not uh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> amazing job. No, 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 but it's not, I'm not perfect. But I think that's like, it ties back into confidence in that if I waited until I was the perfect CEO or the best leader in the world, to, to be honest and with us, like, and say you're the same, we're very driven. Like we're not going to get ever, I don't think we'll get to a point in, we're like, in our lives where we're like, okay, we don't need to grow and develop yeah. anymore now. Like we've learned all that we have. And so I think that's really, really important to tie back into, you know, our confidence. We're not, we're never a hundred percent ready. We can do everything we can with what we have to prepare for what we, you know, mm. we are doing, but I can't pause the world right now, unfortunately, <laughs> and do with, you know, a three to five year course. So yeah. I just have to do what I can with what yeah. I have. <laughs> that's such a good point because you do feel like, wouldn't it be amazing though? Yeah. Imagine. Like, I've got like I, 10 courses in like, like the bookmarked. I'd also go and do all these other courses that aren't relevant to yeah. anything. That are, I'd go and do like rando languages that like Uzbekistani, like just because I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I could yeah. come back in three years and yeah. be like, hello. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's so important to remember. Also, if you did wait until it was perfect, it might be too late. Like yeah. the business needs you now. It doesn't need you in three years when you've got skills that might not even be what you need anyway. You can't kind of know who you need to become until you let yourself yeah. become that and figure it out. And I think that's also really important. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. I think for me as well, reflecting both on confidence and even when we look at the business and as Laura said, like we always look at either the product or just the business as a whole and, and know that there's more we can do and more we can change. But I think what's really important is to be able to reflect on how far we've come. And I do that personally as well. So whenever I'm lacking confidence or I feel like I'm a little out of place or I'm, you know, the shoes are too big to fill. Um, I just kind of reflect on why I am here and and what's got me here and and kind of reassure myself that it is the right place to be or mm. I'm, I'm in the right position. And it's the same with the business. I think at times we can get so, because we are driven and we have big goals and ambitions for the business, we can get so lost in continuously looking forward and sometimes we forget to reflect on how far we've come, especially organically, like through the brand, what we've been able to do it's incredible and it's amazing and sometimes we just need to stop and pat ourselves on the back and then we build that confidence up to be able to drive forward and make those forward moves. So I think I I have the same kind of tactic both for, for business and personal confidence as well. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I, I think there's also an added layer for you, Steph, of having become a mum in the last couple of years as well. Like that that adds a whole nother layer of, am I doing it right? Mm-hmm. Have I got the balance right? It's not just, have I got the balance at work right? But then am I doing, you know, my mum role right? I know I've heard you speak about that guilt quite a lot. And then with the constant worry of I'm not doing either one, like mm. to the extent that I have to, and then looking at other people and how they're doing it. How is that layer of, of motherhood kind of added to your, the confidence struggle, but then also overcome? 
overcoming it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's a whole nother level. (laughs) Um, I don't think I've ever questioned myself more in anything in life than in motherhood, which is funny because I genuinely think that I was like put on this planet to be a mom. And I've, I feel really, really good when I'm with him and when I am a mom, but that doesn't mean that I don't question myself or what I'm doing with him like every day or if I'm at work, like what am I doing? So I think what I've learned is no matter kind of how maternal you feel or if you think you want kids or you don't, I think once you are a mom and particularly if you want to work as well and have have paid work going on as well on the side, it's hard. It's really hard to know if you're doing the right thing and it's hard to find the balance. And I think for me, it's just trying to find little things that can help me manage those times when I'm feeling extra guilty and maybe just sit back and question maybe why that might be. So for example, you know, we've got a really big month coming up with the kick tour, which is super exciting. exciting. meeting the community and being able to be with them in person is honestly one of the best things that we get to do with kick. And so I'm so looking forward to it, but I also know that it means the weekends I won't be with Harvey. And for me, those weekends with Harvey is when I can like refill up my cup, you know, feel really energized for then the work week ahead. And so I know next month's probably going to be a bit tough, but I'm okay with that because I've been able to kind of sort out other things. For example, we just had a long weekend and I really tried to soak up that time and like make the most of that time. I've got a holiday coming up, a short one in, in November, which I've got to look forward to. Just like <gasps> little things that I know will help me get through those tougher times. And that's just one example. But I just think that if anyone's listening and they're like questioning the guilt around being a, a mom or being a parent and working, it's like, People have messaged me who have like 14-year-old kids and said it never really goes away. <laughs> um, and you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. And it goes Don't both tell ways. Me that. Like for parents who are the stay-at-home parent, they have the same kind of questions and guilts and what-if thoughts. And I just think that no matter what path you're on, like we're all trying to balance something. We're all mm. trying to fill our, you know, family time cups up or friend time catch up, cups up at the same time as work and, and study and everything else. We're trying to better ourselves. So yes, I'm a mum, but like, we're, it's all relative to every, like whatever you're going through. So I mm. think just try and trying to make time for little things that I know are going to fill up my cup to, to push through those tougher times. I think the resounding message in both personal and business that is coming across here, but also comes across in the whole of CZA as a, as a philosophy on life is the idea that like that doubt or questioning yourself or questioning whether you're doing the right thing, it's actually never really meant to go away. I think that's the thing I've, it's actually helped me so much to Mm. embrace that, to be like, oh, I'm never meant to get to that unattainable level of confidence Mm. where I'm just sure, like there's some decisions I'm absolutely sure are the right one, but very rarely. And the more you embrace the fact that questioning it actually just means that you're really invested. Mm. It means that you're constantly trying to learn and grow. It's a good thing to sort of question where you're at, as long as you don't let it topple you and you have those fill the cup moments as well. Another area where I have thoroughly loved following you two in your journeys is that obviously having been married since the December 2018 episode, uh, it's been like there's been COVID, there's been uh, one of the main things that I said to everyone in that time is that everyone's like, making babies and doing all the things. And I'm like, I have never been less sexually attractive <laughs> in my life than I was during COVID. I, like it just got real feral. So you, also, guys, you were literally next, you were with your loved one. So I mean, oh. I was calling dogs in my house. Mate, yes, I was so annoyed at but I don't believe we're meant to spend just like 24 seven with one person no. and you have no outlet <laughs> and you're so angry at the world. You just, and you don't want to shower. Like hot. it's just not a hot time. <laughs> no, I was very, very grateful for having two TVs in that point. Like yeah. Yeah. Every night we were <laughs> in separate TVs. You Absolutely. have nothing to yeah. talk about because, you know, you get home, you cut now, you catch up on your day. You knew exactly what they did. Yeah. And they, like in my case, Dalton's so on the phone really loud all day and it drove well. me oh, the pacing. insane. Yeah. So all I didn't want to know what he did yeah. in the day because I already heard <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> it really highlights those things about your partner that yeah. you didn't otherwise need to know about. <laughs> I feel like we've all been married for a similar amount of time and it's not that long, mm. but I feel like COVID made it like we've been married 20 years. Like we've just <laughs> been totally. pushed forward to that time. So one of the things you guys have been doing on KickPod is a 30-day intimacy challenge. <laughs> well, wait, I did not do it. Which I, I, I think is amazing. But just generally acknowledging that in your personal lives, one thing that's happened is marriage, but then also being propelled forward into like, 
wow, like we've had some pretty unsexy times and how do you get that back? So (laughs) tell us about that because I think that's also like maybe not as on brand for our Mm. normal wellbeing discussions, but actually sexual health is a really big part of connection and intimacy and not really spoken about that much. No, no, totally. And you can take this, you're Dr. (laughs) Dr. Steph. Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, so it was Josh and I who completed the 30-day intimacy challenge. Did you not do it, Laura? Oh, my God, I could not be bothered. No, ah. we did it. We went away to Noosa and we Don't say you did it. Well, you went no. away for four days. She did yeah, it for four days. One, no, day was, no, one day was no one. No, we got there <laughs> at 12 a.m. in the middle of the night. So that day was lost. Like, yeah. when, you know, we're not yeah. going to like, no, that was lost. <laughs> That's fair. And then we had Saturday, Sunday. We left on Monday. Monday didn't count because we were traveling home. So Saturday, Sunday. So we did it for two days. Two holidays. The reason she's bringing that up is because when she was saying, no, nah, I can't do the 30-day challenge, I knew her holiday was coming up. And I was like, just, you know what, maybe just do a little mini challenge. Yeah, yeah. just two days in a row. <laughs> and day three, she's like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know I do want to say, like, for me, I am not like a – I don't have a super high libido. I'm not a, like, super – sexual being and like all power to people who are I I follow quite a lot of people who are really open about their sexuality and everything and I find it quite fascinating but also at times I've felt not pressured at all like it's not like Josh has ever kind of pressured me to be a certain way or anything but I have felt like I've questioned my libido at times like there's something Mm. wrong with me because Mm. I see all these women who are really empowered to talk about their sex lives and they're like quite active and which is amazing I'm glad that that conversation is becoming less taboo but at the same time, I kind of was like, does that mean I've, if I've got no sex drive yeah. or whatever, what's wrong with <laughs> like, what's me? Wrong with me? <laughs> um, but so I think, so I just wanted to put that first because I think when the sex challenge was started getting talking about, like everyone was like, oh, you know, I couldn't do that. I had the same thoughts. I really didn't think I could do it. But what I did notice in our relationship was, I suppose, as definitely as parents, like you actually, and any any busy couple, you need to schedule in time to make that time for each other. Because if you live a busy life, like you get to the end of the day and you just can't be bothered. You're tired and you want to go to bed. And I value sleep so much now because I don't really get a lot of it. So <laughs> it's um, so it's like really important when I'm in bed, I, I want to go to bed. But what I'd noticed is on the days that we were intimate, like the mood was just so much better. I was nicer. Like mm. he, like we're just nicer and a little bit more friendly. It's like, if you know that you want to get lucky, Laura, you've told this story before. Like if you know that you want to possibly be intimate. You're not going to like walk in the house from having a hard day at work and really reflect all that energy onto your partner. No, you'd be a better person. Yeah. You'd just be a better version of yourself. You do, yeah. don't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so for Josh and I, it was purely just to get that connection and that one-on-one time because we were really kind of missing that one-on-one time. We were We were just parents and mm. we weren't really... It's us. like parents and housemates. Yeah, mm. totally. And then business partners in some cases, which yeah. is just... It's a lot of <laughs> of not being sexy, really. Absolutely. <laughs> and I will say, like, you know, since the challenge ended, which has been weeks since, you know, it's not like we've we now have sex every day. We're still only having sex like maybe once or twice a week. But mm. what twice a and week? And when is I say impressive. only when I say only, I know everyone's different in that. So I don't want anyone to feel like that's that's an only. Yeah. I feel like some people listening are like, totally. Yeah. What I mean by that is we didn't finish the challenge and now we have sex every day. Like yeah. it's the norm. Yeah. Absolutely not. But I think what it's made us make sure is that we still do make time for intimate moments mm-hmm. or alone time, which has been nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. There's a couple of things on that as well. I think it's a lot of facts and information are coming out that explain a lot of things, but that when the conversation wasn't as open, we might not have had access to those facts that then make you feel like there's something wrong with you. Like you mentioned, you're questioning yourself. And it's interesting that you were saying your libido isn't that high because I feel like when you enter your 30s, you'll be really surprised that your body just goes into this completely different. Cause I found my twenties was like that as well. And in my thirties, I'm like disgusting. Like I don't <laughs> even know what's happening. But it's because women peak in their thirties mm. between 30 and 35 is like biologically because your body is like babies, babies, babies. Mm. Yeah. It literally peaks. And men peak in like around 18, 19, which I think is the most unfair thing in nature. Why would you make us peak at such different times? But once you know that, I feel like you don't feel as weird if in your 20s you're not kind of ready to go. Like part of being you know, entering your 30s is that you do feel a lot more confident in your body. You do mm. kind of let go of a lot of your hang-ups. You do become a bit more of a a woman and, like, there yeah. is this weird thing that happens biologically. And, yeah, it was just really interesting that I was like, but why is that not happening 
to Nick at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, he's had his, like, I want to bag anything. Yeah, yeah. 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 every day. Yes, yeah. but they're, like, not at the same time. And I'm like, why is this happening? That is interesting. That is interesting. And I, I, I just think that it's, in general, it's just really important that both sides of the spectrum, whether you, like, really want it all the time or you're just not interested at all is totally okay as long as it's an open conversation with your partner mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. have a relationship with because sex it is important for some people and then other people it's it's not like mm. it's it's not something that is up there in their in, in their importance in their relationship and there's other ways that they can build that connection and everything so I think as long as you and your partner are okay with your situation it's that's totally all that matters fine. it's yeah. not what anyone else is doing mm. and no one's being honest about their numbers most of the time yeah, so oh my god there's always my on it absolutely <laughs> Yeah. But I also think that the important thing with women, and I'm so glad you mentioned the scheduling thing, is that even though it's that sounds kind of sterile, I think a lot of the time women mistake, they think they don't have libido, but actually their brain, because our brains are so full and like we often can't orgasm if we're distracted mm. or stressed. I feel like men don't have that problem. No. So they can go from like zero to hero in like two seconds. Yeah. Whereas if we're like, if our brain's distracted, there is absolutely no way we're, we're yeah. even going to know yes. if we feel like yes, it. Yes, yes. I, was, I was about to say that because it's something that Dalton and I have to always communicate about mm. because I think... I think that's something I struggle with. Um, when I'm very stressed, which mm. is probably more often than not, <laughs> I would say Dalton is, he's also under a lot of yeah. stress. But when he's stressed, he's like, I want to have sex. Yeah. When yeah, I'm it's stressed. A and we have to speak about it because I'm like, honey, you don't understand. Like when I am highly stressed, like my cortisol it's levels are high. I'm like just, you know, yeah. in a, you know. In a tears. In a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I feel like yeah. is is sex. Like honestly, I'd rather like put my hand in a blender. Like, so, no, then it's like I'm, <laughs> wow, quite a day. There's our snippet for the episode. But do you Dalton, know what I mean? Do you know I would rather put my hand in a blender than have no, sex with you right horrible. now? No, no, no. But in, in a no, stress environment, like that's yeah. how, but for You're him, not going to get enjoyment out nah, of it either. No, so it's you not have be to enjoyable. communicate that because yeah. it's like, you use it as a different thing to to me. Like yeah. we're in this different – you're right because when as, as women when our minds are full, like it's just you just don't feel like it. And it's yeah. like sometimes then it's like if – but also I have to remember like if I'm always stressed and like can't just not have sex ever. So I need to, <laughs> need to find like, you know, just like some, I'm trying, yeah, but some I can't. type of balance. But I think it's just like we have to communicate because we've had to sit down. I have to be like you – I know you think you're putting yourself in my shoes, but we actually respond very differently when we're stressed. So like yeah. – remember that you know what I think it is men don't need foreplay and for women yeah, I feel like it's not even gonna say say getting, in, getting in the head space yeah. like if he ran you a bath did a few candles and was like I know you're just trying to get through this email make sure that's the last one and then go hop in the bath I'm gonna make you dinner then after Half the email you probably want to have sex with him so this actually leads you know what really I mean? nicely if he just went straight <laughs> yeah. to, which uh, he sometimes does bedroom, yeah. you'd be like no I'm just not interested. <laughs> Where's the blender? Yeah, literally. I'd be like, "Where's my Nutribullet?" <laughs> just bring that over here. But that re- leads really nicely to the next question, which was about TikTok, which has also come into our lives mm. since the last mm. episode in December 2018. That I was watching this video the other day. I think it's like been one of the really big viral videos of a woman explaining that foreplay for women actually starts at the like the minute you wake up. Mm. It's not a sexual thing. It's like the small gestures throughout the day mm. of connection yeah. and like gentle touch and men don't even need foreplay but we actually need so much yeah like planting of the seeds throughout the day and I feel like once you understand yourself Mm. it's so much easier to work around it whereas when two couples with no information about each other's brains (laughs) are trying to make it work it's a disaster so these conversations like even you Laura talking about the brownie point system thing I'm like all of us resonated with that it makes suddenly makes it all feel normal and not weird that we all have these things that we do except the people I just want to say for anyone because there were people that were like well I would cheat on you if I like if I were human obviously this is a controlling relationship and like you're taking advantage of all this stuff and I just want to say Dawson was having if I was actually controlling and being of evil I obviously wouldn't joke about it or tell him or that I do put it, it on the internet yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just because sometimes especially in TikTok because sometimes videos can go to far part of the places earth that you don't want people to see it and <laughs> they come with their feedback so this brownie points <laughs> system would you want to just give people yes. a quick run so it's when 
You, because, okay, it actually ties very well into what we just said because obviously often men have a high libido. Well, it depends on the age but also can have sex during stress, like all of those things. Yeah. Whereas so if it's been a while and I'm like keep saying no and I feel bad because I'm like, oh, yeah, God, it, it feels really. like shit really it when does. you do it enough times. It's like you're letting them down. You just like because then for them also it's like, oh, my God, they're like, am I, are you not attracted to me? It's like, oh, my God, no, it's not about that. It's just like yeah. there's too much in my brain. I'm not attracted to anything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you don't want that. So sometimes what I do is when I know that, Dalton's really tired or like like he's got a sore thumb. Usually that now, but now because he knows. Like, I mean, he's always doesn't always It doesn't work. But if we've like eaten a very big dinner and we're so full and tired, I'll like try a yeah. little bit knowing that he – I've got no intention, knowing that he will <laughs> he not will say, say no. Yes. So then I get a brownie point next time he tries and I say no. We've all done it, babe. We've all done it. Anyone who is commenting on that video not acknowledging that they've Steph, done, it done it before is yeah. I've done it but it hasn't worked out for me because Josh yeah, has a high school I was going to say it. No, 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 I've definitely had a no before. Yeah. You when to, you do the have leg, to have like yeah. a sore stomach, like like sore. Like, like diarrhea <laughs> level. <laughs> <laughs> like wait till Josh has gastro. <laughs> He's definitely said no to me in the past, but I think when he does say no, that's when I'm like, oh, this is what it feels like. Yeah. Shit. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, no, I do this a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so TikTok <laughs> has obviously become a really big part of the universe mm-hmm. since our last episode. You guys have been amazing on it, having so much fun, particularly the launch of Dance Cardio. I felt like that was just a wonderful place to explore what we could do with Dance Cardio classes. What are you guys consuming? What have been your, like, favourite parts of it? I feel like it's such a fun place place to be like it's weird it's mm-hmm. such a time waster but yes. it, is it is so much fun is there anything like quirky that you've learned or people that you followed that have changed your life like it's a whole new thing I mean it really depends on the algorithm each week really but when it gets, <laughs> it gets it right, weird shit. Yeah, gets you it right do. I love spending time on there like I, I've found creators on there that bring so much joy into my like day-to-day scrolling to be honest that are just funny and just don't take it seems that they don't take it too seriously and that they're they are creative but it doesn't have to be aesthetically perfect and I just feel like it's such a fun space but yeah when it when it doesn't really quite pick up the correct algorithm or you watch one video that's a little off brand for you and then suddenly your feed's full of it that can be a bit off-putting but no more often than not I have a lot of fun on TikTok I do really like it but it, it, it's um addictive <laughs> it's addictive yeah I go down a lot of wormholes yeah like I end up watching like I don't know foot mushroom like something like I'll just end up down the weirdest places but I'm, then I'm like no I have to know at the end of this story like I'll jump from people's pages who have tagged each other and then like seven hours later I'm like shit I'm intimately acquainted with like this Texan couple's whole life story and it's 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. My watching is pretty random. I've got this this one. It's the we. I don't. I do not even. I think it's a lady in Hong Kong. I I actually don't know, and it's. I find organizational video. I think that's how it got <gasps> into my page. But Are you it, an it's organizational like, video girl. I love organizational videos, but it's it's these this video where I think I believe that they make the mess on purpose and then clean it up for the thing. <laughs> But it's like, and I think it's a joke, but I actually don't know. It's like what I have to do with my husband. My husband is coming home in five minutes. And it's this oh, lady. I love those. Have you seen running? But they have all of this, I think, I believe it's in Hong Kong, like the contraptions that they have in the house. Oh, to like, yeah. Japan, maybe? Maybe it's Japan to like clean the shoes when they come in. Like all, They're, they've got oh. like a literal machine to do every, like, it, but you still have to do it. It's still manual. It's yeah. just like, oh my God, what? Efficient. Like, efficient, but also sometimes I'm like unnecessarily. Yeah, like, that's too much. Much. And also, I. Then it's like they say my husband's coming home in five minutes and they like film him. (laughs) And I think too, some of the things like the vacuuming of things that are on the couch, it's like a you like clearly hundreds and thousands were on the couch. Like that's just for satisfying video content. And then I'm also like, you couldn't have done this in five minutes because they also cook a f- like five course dinner. Like I love how you so deeply analyze. <laughs> like this is no, <laughs> but it's the really on my it's up. on my feet. There's just a lot of amazing organizational things in these. Anyway, so that's that's one thing. And then oh my god, the other day I it was on actually because Dal- Dalton. It's really funny. He hates social media. Well, not hates. He just he, he doesn't need it for his job, and he doesn't 
doesn't he doesn't use it obviously as much as, as I do. <laughs> and I think too because a lot of my weekends are spent like a lot of it I'm creating content which he like mm. it's a bit of a pain point because he wants to spend time and then I'm like oh I have to create this content so then it's like well I hate social media I'm like okay well it's my job. It's like your other it's boyfriend, important. your other husband that yes. he has to compete with. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm scrolling at night Instagram he's like get off it but then to, he now asks us every night can we watch serotonin boosting TikTok videos <gasps> but it's mainly just golden retriever content which is oh, so that, it's the best part of the internet gorgeous and wombat content like oh, what's wombat content oh. what's about this today? <laughs> what? I, today i haven't seen it oh it's just wombat content oh, so cute. Oh, they're just cute it's just little wombies doing yeah. their little waddle with their little bums and then like there's this one that i posted on cza yesterday with just this baby wombat trying to follow his mum, and he kept like rolling down the hill but he's like a little ball so he just rolls it's so cute like yeah, there's hours. some nice stuff on there yeah otters yeah. otter yeah. content holding Aww. hands while they fall asleep like just animal content yeah. it's, it's just animal content animal yeah. content there's so much wholesome stuff like some of the pages like upworthy and good news movement mm. that have like the beautiful stories of male men who like i don't know make mm. regular visits to children who can't go to school like i don't know there's just some beautiful beautiful stuff on there yeah. i feel like if you need serotonin you yeah. go and you go you through the Make sure that, that is your algorithm totally. because the other day on Dalton's phone there was it was a it was a video of a missile going off. Oh no no! And no, it, it no, said no, sponsored, no. and I was like, oh my god, sponsored. who's sponsored? I'm like Dalton, scroll, scroll. <laughs> Let's get this off the page. I don't want to consume this. this off the yeah. page. But that was not wholesome. It also reflects my really weird combination of interests. Like sometimes when I get yeah. stuff back, I'm like, oh, that was totally my fault. Like <laughs> like I get some murder podcast thing coming up, and I'm like, oh. I mean, it, it did do it right. It's not what I want right now, but that was 100% my fault. So, so it's like golden retrievers, murder, yeah. beauty tricks. Yeah. Like. But I think it's one of those things, I think, for us because, you know, Instagram was a huge part of us launching Kick and launching our business in general and even our own personal brands. I think we can really appreciate these social media platforms for what they are and I think with, with TikTok, even with Kick, for example, like at first we were a little hesitant because we just didn't know how to do it for a brand. Like I had only ever really seen creators just be themselves and like have yeah. fun on there. So when Kick first launched onto the platform, it was really just me doing all the random TikTok dances in COVID. And then we kind of learned and picked up like how you can actually you know, use it as a business page and like show what you provide as a brand mm. and everything like that. But at first, yeah, we were a little bit like, oh, what? I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> and then we were reminded of all the businesses from when we were first starting out on Instagram, the amount of like cafes or all these places and the owners would be like, oh, we're not on Instagram. We're not going to get on Instagram. And we were like, what do you, what do you mean? You need to be on Instagram. Like every brand needs to be on Instagram. And so we just want to make sure that we are learning and going with these new platforms. And I really like that they, I mean, Instagram's trying to do it all mm -hmm. let's mm -hmm. you know yep expose the elephant in the room but, <laughs> um, but I do really appreciate the differences in things like be real versus TikTok yeah. versus YouTube versus Facebook and yes as I said Instagram's kind of really trying to do them all and you know we'll see where that goes but like I just I actually really appreciate that I know that if I want to watch longer form videos I'll go to YouTube mm -hmm. if I want to like scroll and have a bit of a laugh when the algorithm suits me, I'll go to TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if I want to see aesthetically pleasing or like catch up with my friends stuff, I'll go onto Instagram. And I think I, I'm liking being the difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're just trying to have fun with it as a brand and also get our message out there. Um, because we've obviously realized the kind of reach that can happen on TikTok. It's very powerful. Yeah, it mm. is. It's like, I've been kind of using it as a search engine a little mm. bit recently, which I know is something that creators on it are hating. But <laughs> you know, when you want to learn like why your like concealer's creasing in your yeah. eye fold or something and like you Google it and you're like, fuck, I don't want to watch like a 45 yes. minute tutorial. Totally. You just I want 30 seconds of someone just showing me. Like I don't want a list of things. I need to know exactly where you like I've learned mm. so much. Beauty hacks, oh my God. And cooking it's amazing. hacks. So yeah, many cooking hacks. hacks. Yeah. Like just that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, and you get to see a real person putting it on real skin yes. in real yeah. light. Like I and love it's that. Quick and it's and yeah. that's why I mean they've just adjusted all of their SEO now. Captions you can now go up to two thousand two hundred characters yeah. and it used to be no three hundred because people People are using TikTok as a search like an engine. Educational so tool. they're trying to like increase the captions. Yeah. So then you can put more like keywords in there for mm. people to search. So I've that's a lot of so people are using it yeah. for that. It's and so, so interesting. many like life hacks, like gardening and like growing a veggie patch. Like you can literally learn how to do anything. I feel like it's Everything. a lazy person's YouTube or the oh, impatient person's impatient YouTube. Person YouTube yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things you guys have been using it for a lot is also showing snippets of the podcast. I feel like that's a really, you know, it's a really 
great way to add another element to audio, which mm. now that we love the visual, it's like, I don't know, I love seeing you guys laugh and seeing your facial <laughs> expressions when you're going through things. And the podcast has now been around for how many years? Three. Like three. Three. Yeah. <gasps> three, three years. Three and a half maybe. Yeah. Three and a half, yeah. So, wow. So one of my other questions was between our last catch-up and now, have there been any episodes that have really stuck with you for a particular reason or that anyone in the neighbourhood might like to go and binge? We've had an unexpected little break, so I'm like, what can I fill your ears <laughs> with? Where should they go and listen? Has there been anything that, you know, you guys have just, it's really moved you? Some, you know how some just stick out? Yes. So I would say we actually had this conversation if you, maybe about, a, I don't know, you know when you just can't, I think it was a month, but it could have been. It's probably two years. It could have been, but yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Seven days. Um, but I think some of them that we've had that really powerful, the conversation that we had with Denny Todorovic. <gasps> yes. They're amazing. Denny. And that was a really, really powerful conversation. Yeah. I learned a lot in that. And it, yeah, it was, that was, I really, really loved talking to them. That was, that was great. Kath Ebb, so we've had Kath on now twice. Both conversations were, were fantastic. The, the, I mean, the first time we had her on is when we, we really had that connection mm. with them and then from there we became, like we then chatted about Kath coming on as a kick trainer. So that was really special, mm. I think. And then also the one you had with M. Kerry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, M's amazing. Amazing. Um, so that was really special having her on. And it was funny because when she came on, offline she told me about the book and ever since she told me that she was writing a book I was like oh my god I need to read this and it's really great if anyone's listening the, the book's amazing it's called The Girl Who Fell From The Sky but that conversation was cool her, her story is so interesting but also just her resilience it's really interesting mm. to hear her talk Alisa Wilkinson yes I was going to say sorry yes I was like another one that stands out is Lisa Wilkinson I think that was a bit of a pinch me moment for the both of yeah. both of us we're like um hello <laughs> hi you, Lisa wait, what are you saying <laughs> and her like on confidence the way that yeah. that episode actually like it was obviously amazing to interview her but the messages that she came like that she put forward on that podcast and her story and totally. just mm. it was very like you know when you listen to an episode you're like I can take tangible things away from this yes. and apply them like I feel like like obviously Lisa's a seat like a professional like she knows how to mm. put the the, <laughs> the golden nuggets in yeah. like you Sarah oh um, that's very good so no, I just regurgitate quotes. It's not my own material. On kick. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's really also good. that's a good one. Especially if you love Sarah. Obviously, if you're listening, you'd love Sarah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's number one. <laughs> oh, that's really kind, you guys. I had so much fun doing that episode. But also, Steph has started doing kick bump yeah. episodes mm -hmm. on the show, which has obviously been a whole new world to explore and yeah. whole new conversations and and facets of your experience yeah. as a working mum and speaking to other mums about their experiences. Are there any of those episodes that you found really moving? Yeah, I mean, I find them all. It's kind of selfish of me, but it's the, the, Practical. the safest place for me to vent about all things motherhood yeah. and like vent about Harvey because I know that the people listening are expecting that. So it's not like, like I felt like I can obviously touch on Harvey. He's a huge part of my life. So I can still talk on motherhood, you know, in our kickpot chats with laws, but I just felt like I, I would love a space where I could kind of just go wild with anything that was coming up or things that I was learning about myself or motherhood in general and obviously have guests on and have incredible conversations. I think one that was quite special was when we had Moana Hope on and, you know, she I shared her birth Bo. story, which was not in the plan. Like I hadn't even put that on there because she's quite a private person. Yeah. So when she shared her birth story, I just kind of sat back and was like, amazing. <laughs> what do I say? <laughs> Great. So that was quite special. And we've also had Sophie Walker, who is the host of, of Australian, Australian Birth, birth stories. stories. And that was cool <gasps> to have her on because like I learned so much from her podcast prior to having Harvey and really, really loved listening to her episodes and all the different guests she had on you know, a wide, wide range of births and how they can go. So it was quite cool to get to sit down with her because I just felt like she'd helped me so much through my own mm. kind of journey. It was just exciting to have her on. But I also, as I said, I, there's even a recent one where I literally was just on talking with our producer, Mandy, about you know, being a working mum and stuff like that. As I said, I think just being her have the space where I feel like the community that are listening in mm. are a safe one where I can just say how I'm genuinely feeling and not feel like I'm going to, I mean, I'm still going to cop judgment. That, that yeah. happens, but like <laughs> yeah. I just feel safe to really express myself. And I think that's the, that's the thing that we've loved so much about having the kick pot over the time. Like there's only so much you can express yourself on things like Instagram and everything. Totally. I think when you have a platform where you can, just sit and talk and especially as mates like we can mm. be really real with one another totally. and to be able to share that is is really special but I think it's interesting that you brought up the video 
thing because ever since we did the video snippets, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things as well. Obviously we partnered with Listener and 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 that has helped so much with our reach. But mm. I think there was a lot of people who didn't even realize that we had a weekly podcast like yeah. until we started sharing these snippets. Mm. And a lot of people who maybe wouldn't have or maybe knew about it but wouldn't have thought that like what we were going to cover was going to be their thing and then mm. they've seen a snippet and been like, actually, you know what, I do want to listen. So it is interesting how we all consume content differently but I do think the video, it is special being able to kind of see. We've had people reach out and be like, where can we watch the whole episode? Oh, no, no, it's no. not going anywhere. No. <laughs> it is interesting too how I feel like one of the best parts of the podcast, like obviously a huge part of it is sharing the conversations with your community and giving people access to these conversations that they might not otherwise have access to, particularly with guests like Lisa or people who you don't get to hear the behind mm. the scenes from as much. But it really is like a a selfish exercise in that I feel like I realize so many things or I have big revelations or big aha moments through just talking about mm-hmm. stuff. Like even the fact that we've had these chats at milestone times where you can look back and compare where you've come from. Like I don't feel like we make time for those mm-hmm. deeper reflections Mm. just in normal life I wouldn't sit down with you guys for an hour and just chat about (laughs) where we've been and what's changed you know what I mean and it's just a really lovely thing that the fact that that it's recorded and other people can benefit from it is a huge bonus but for me alone every time I do one I'm like I'm a better person because I had that conversation I think we've genuinely made friends through podcasts that we've had on like we've had a guest on that we've has just had an interesting story that we've wanted to hear from and then after the podcast I'm like did we get a coffee well you have have a deep conversation the deep you know a conversation deeper than you'd probably have with a lot of your friends when you catch up or if you see them out or whatever and you you know someone comes and sits down often and will tell like open up their soul to you and then I just find it so funny because then it's like okay so um bye episode (laughs) comes out in one week thanks and it's just this that's the only thing it's weird because you get so deep and then it's like okay back with the day back on with the day I'll see you in a year (laughs) and you just learn so much like even our conversation that we had with Tarang Chula like obviously Mm. so important the conversations he has so important we were we were really excited to have him on so that he could really project all of that but then also getting to know him as a person like with his huge interest in fashion and stuff like I'm constantly DMing him about like loafers and suits and stuff <laughs> oh my and god he said so we're me. having him back on and he actually messaged me about like something about loafers and he's like the we, I was like oh now I'm feeling I need to be across loafers. loafers too <laughs> research yeah, the loafers yes, yeah. <laughs> but you know you just you just learn these things and you yeah. can just bond especially as you said Lewis, when you're having these deeper conversations it's I love it it's so nice yeah it's a privilege isn't it it is it yeah, really it's very Very special. Yeah, so special. Well, to wrap up, I've got kind of a double-barreled question for you guys, which usually with me turns into like seven different questions. (laughs) But (laughs) we've obviously got Kick Tour coming up, which I'm so excited (laughs) and honoured to be coming on again. It's such a special experience. But part of that is just generally how many different things are coming out of Kick. And I think one of the quite overwhelming things coming out of the pandemic and the level of uncertainty we had is that suddenly you can plan a little bit. Mm. But I'm feeling a lot of pressure and a bit of like not messy brain but kind of like oh we can do so many things now that we couldn't do and we can plan and like which direction should we go in and like what so what is kind of next for you guys what are you getting excited about and how are you easing back into planning and goal setting and you know deciding where to spread yourselves now that you can travel and do all those kinds of things and Laura I know part of that for you and I has been when are you gonna have babies and like that (laughs) kind of question and trying to fit that in like biologically and logistically and then a sort of past facing rather than forward facing question is to leave everyone with the biggest things that since the last episode you've learned or realized that you would love to pass on are you leaning back showing to start okay okay i love that subtle it's like the queen when she changes her back to the other hand she's like i'm done with this conversation (laughs) steph's like (laughs) okay maybe i'll start with the second part of the question while it's fresher in my mind i think the biggest thing i've learned since the first podcast kind of comes back to what in the past three years and reflection of what we spoke about before and I think in terms of confidence and I think even in something that we've been really trying to do is connecting with other founders mainly female founders and just people that have had similar backgrounds to what we've had 
to, I don't know, just reinstill that confidence. Because I think it's something that one of our advisors says that I do a lot and I'm working on it. But when I don't feel super confident in an area, I completely go reserved and I overcompensate with say, I don't know this, I don't know this. Like, and oh, you know, yeah. and, and you go like, like, I'm a newbie, like, no one look at me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But then it's like not remembering how much we actually maybe do know or the experience that we do haven't and what we can bring to that. So I think I would say my biggest learning since then has been I think we all have this idea it comes back to also like thinking that you need to be this perfect person before you can do things I think we all have ideas in our head of what we think you need to look like or be like or qualities that we need to have or skills whatever to do something Mm. and I think if we wait until we have them or we will never do it yeah and no one no that's the other thing the biggest learning that I've had even people that have had you know we're so lucky with the advisors we have at kick and people that we've met along the way Nobody has it all together. Oh, my gosh. Nobody knows all the answers <laughs> and yeah. so it's okay if you don't know them. And you're probably we're probably never going to get to a point in life where we know them all, but that's amazing because yeah. then it's like we're always discovering things and that's really exciting. So I think that would probably be my, my biggest personal learning is to make sure I, you know, I'm giving credit for, for what I do know and knowing that I think with Kick2 with running the business it's like we think that we have to do it from, I think one big insecurity I have is because Kick's kind of the only business, I mean, apart from Subway and, and pizza, well, I've worked at Subway, pizza restaurant and a hospital, but like they're not. And Kick. <laughs> we in resume, babe. <laughs> but they're, they're not really companies that I can take my learnings from and yeah. bring it into Kick, right? So I think a big insecurity is, okay, I haven't run, and, and Seth's the same, run a company before, so we should listen to everyone else that we know that have been in companies that have been really established and what worked for them. Mm. But I think it's okay. I don't know. I'm just, I'm really becoming more comfortable and being like, no, you know, what, what we're doing is amazing. And actually just because someone else does it that way doesn't mean that we have to do it exactly the same way. And that is okay. Mm, Um, I think if we all did it the same way, I mean, especially in terms of like business success or growth or whatever, every single, if there was one formula and how to run a business and, you know, how to manage people perfectly and how to grow, then every single business, well, probably no one would be be successful because everyone would be the same, right? So I think it's just really important to remember that. And then I'm trying to think in terms of planning. I think personal planning, to be honest, I haven't, we've got some big plans for kick that are probably consuming a lot of my mental space load everything at the moment so I haven't actually personal planning I don't I don't, I don't know yeah <laughs> um, but, but work-wise yeah there's, there's a lot that's really really exciting and we're just working out the, the best way to do it right now I suppose <gasps> yeah so exciting <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is it is really exciting I mean as we touched on earlier I feel like there's never going to be a point with the app where we just like yep every you know the trainers are <laughs> good where they're at yeah. the content's good where it's retiring at. now yeah and that's the thing when you work on an app is like technology is forever changing as well so it's not even just the content that we want to continue to keep fresh it's you know the way that the app reacts to each user as well is super important and so yeah there's a lot happening from the product side of things and a lot of content stuff happening as well that we're really excited about coming up and continuously working on but i think if i'm going to reflect i think it's funny whenever i hear laws you you talk about that about how much we've kind of questioned ourselves or really just gone with someone else's advice because they they must know better and everything like that I've kind of always had this like uh, internal battle in my own head because I've always been someone who I mean even if I think to when I left high school and I was telling people that I wanted to get into modeling and all that sort of stuff didn't really bother me what people thought about it because I knew it was what felt right Mm. and there's been many moments where I've been really sure of something that we wanted to do even when experts have pushed back and and said maybe you shouldn't do that. And it's hard because I've always kind of had that battle, like what do I know? But then at the same time I'm like, well, no, no, like this is like something Mm. I feel really sure of. So I think we don't give ourselves enough credit of times when we actually deep down did know better. Mm. We might not have made that decision. We might have listened to someone else and yeah. didn't go with our gut feeling. But I think we've actually always known mm. the best. And wow. I think that's something that's like. It's special oh, yeah, to it's realize special. That. And I think the further we come along, whilst there's absolutely new challenges, both personally and in the business as we grow bigger, I think that's something that I'm becoming more and more confident with mm. is how connected we are with our brand. That's so beautiful. So, yeah. I think it just, it makes me a little bit, I don't know. I feel I'm still cautious with the risks that we take, mm-hmm. but. I just feel a little bit more sure. I feel like we've we've learned so much that 
we still know what's best for the community. And that's the number one thing anyway, with everything that we do. So yeah, it's been interesting navigating that. But I think something else that's kind of changed for me as well is just knowing that balance doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't always, <laughs> you know, I think there's this like perfect yeah. work-life balance that we all kind of strive for. And I think it's just um, not a thing. No, accepting that it's definitely something I used to strive for. I used to just have to, you know, have mm. a certain amount of time with my friends and family each week and really have to be able to try and switch off and do all that stuff. And I just know that there's weeks where that's not going to be, mm. that's not going to be possible. And there's no point getting so upset about it because that just makes things worse. Like you end up stressing more about being stressed yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. things are a little off balance. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're going to have times where it is quieter work week and we can have more time with our friends and family and really fill our buck up. And then other times the business has to come first and that's just the way it is. And that's been our decision as well. I think that's something that we often might feel a little like feel sorry for ourselves in that we have to, you know, put the business first a lot as we are co-founders of a business. But then also there's so much, like we were so fortunate as well to be in the position that we are. And I think that's really special. So it's just kind of battling with that, like mm-hmm. gratitude, but also it's a lot <laughs> at times in balance, but letting go of the expectations, I think. I love that mm. message about the fact that you guys do know your community best and it's, you know, gone are the days where there are systems and processes that need to apply for success because everything was the same for mm. so long and they worked for so long. But mm. the world is so rapidly changing and I've said this on KickPod that you are so good, like for – people who run a tech company where you don't actually have to have that many touch points with your community in person, Mm. like every single kick tour event, there've been like 400 people Mm. and Steph and Laura will make like an hour extra in the schedule to make each person have enough time for not just a photo, but like a quick chat about their journey and your energy doesn't drop at all. So that the 400th person has the same experience as the first person. And like that is an extra hour of you being away from Harvey. You can't make the first flight out because you've made that extra hour. Mm. But I think that effort and dedication to knowing them so intimately is what does mean that now when decision time comes, you guys can trust your gut a little bit more because you've been making decisions that way so far and it's obviously worked. And I think that's a great lesson for other people that you do sometimes get very distracted by, well, they've done more bigger businesses and they know this. And definitely take advice and guidance. But if you've got a really strong feeling that your community in particular Mm. will want something, they usually do. Mm. Very, very last exercise. That's very nice. (laughs) Well, it's something I admire so much watching from the outside. Like it's an exhausting day. You do two, in some places, two shows straight after each other and still the very last thing you'll do is an hour with the second lot of 400 people (laughs) and still the 800th person on the day won't get a different experience to the first and that's very special. Very unique also because people often do their talk and then they whisk away like they don't, not that everyone can, you know, Mm. there are reasons why people can't do that every time but the fact you do show how much you care about them I think keeps them coming back for however many years it's been. There is an element of that that's selfish because we we genuinely (laughs) love it. It fills up our cups a lot. But the fact it does is also really lovely. The fact that you do get so much pleasure out of it. Something I'd love to ask to finish up with is a manifestation question, which is just if there was any, like, if any possibility could happen and there was no restriction on who you could get on KickPod or who you could have as a guest on the tour or on the panel or, you know, any big massive dream that when we come back in another four years and sit down (laughs) and and reflect on where you've been since this recording, like throw something out there. What's something huge that you would love? Can I throw one out for Laura? Please. No, what is it? <laughs> You're going to sit down with Brene Brown. Oh, yeah, well, that would be a is dream. That why? Well, can't she come on the podcast? Like, yeah, why but I don't really like her. Yeah, no, I don't. I love her. Like, She's like, I want like, you to have her. You need to Because I feel like when you say those things out loud, yeah. you know, somehow like someone will be listening who knows her assistant or something. You know what I mean? Like you have to say those things for them to happen. Oh, my God, wouldn't that be amazing? Mm. And then I think too in terms of kick, if, if we could truly manifest into in four years' time, would be to be in a company, a company, a country like America <gasps> and people to yeah. know Kik as, as a household brand. I think yeah. that's our, because Kik, um, our core audience is, is in Australia and I think there's so much potential for what we can do internationally. It's obviously, it's a, it's a big job. Mm. It's it's quite, you know, you look at it and you think, it, you can't do it the same as you did it here and it's like yeah. its own, it, it's kind of like doing it again, but, you know, in, in another in another country. But I, I feel like 
like it'll yeah. be pretty special to you know to walk in Times Square and someone <gasps> and knows a kick. big like billboard. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be amazing. But yeah, I think if we were manifesting, mm. that's probably what we would. I can imagine, like, you know, the ball dropping at New Year's and it's like a kick sponsored. Like, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Just being like, Happy New Year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That would, that would be incredible. <laughs> What's yours, Steffi? Is there any, like, a mum that you'd want to get on or even, like, a product, like, just any kind of development that would be a mm. huge dream? Yeah. I mean, de- definitely going global with kick is, is huge for us and that just excites me so much for where the brand can go. But I'm trying to think of other guests that I would love to have on, even with the podcast. Even like we both love Reese with a spoon. <gasps> oh, yes. Jesus. oh my yes. goodness. Yes. Oh, I feel like she'd be really aligned. She'd be so there. good. Reese. Do you know what, <laughs> actually? If, if we're going to manifest, the dream investor ever in Kick would be Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Oh, like if we so had true. to get one yeah. single investor. She, her exit of her company was humongous. I'm not mm. sure if she was a V. I mean, a lot of the celebrities have their, they oh, obviously do their investments it. and stuff, but that. I love how they all just have their own funds. <laughs> <laughs> While we're here, we're just like reeling off, well, actually, we're going to have anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, but why wouldn't you say it? Like yeah. some of them won't happen, but some of them might and you never know and then yeah. when it does happen you're like I said what? that in an episode <laughs> yeah. four years ago yeah or like even 12 years ago but yeah. how cool that you then have a record 100% oh so cool but I think it's just for us it's like you know we're doing all of this stuff and we're putting in all of this effort with kick because we have seen and this is why we spend the time with the community that we do because we hear from them directly the impact it has on their life mm. and for us that is so special so if we can you know grow our audience overseas and touch more people's lives and help more people like that there's nothing more important I think and nothing more rewarding than that so it's definitely to 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 grow global and I think whatever happens you know wherever or whenever however it ends I think just being able to have in the back of our minds like for the rest of our lives that we we kind of we did that and we touched on these people's lives I'm like imagining in like 20 years time walking down a supermarket aisle and some other older woman kind of bumping into me and being like oh my god are you, did you do kick? Because I did it for years and it's changed my life. And now my, you know, so-and-so does it or this, and, and it to be some. Like a Jane Fonda video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like I, a I Jane like Fonda app, video of this era. <laughs> I want the app to be like a blip of what the brand is in like 20 years. Yeah. And we might not be, we may be a part of it. We may not be, but I just feel like I would love it to be a bit more of like a movement almost. People mm. just know kick as something that happened in the space that, was a wholesome like mm. made an impact yeah mm. made an impact yeah. you know what the most beautiful thing about that is you have already done that <laughs> you have already done that in an entire country like that is already how people in supermarkets walk around and pick up their like kick noodles and pasta and tomato sauces and apple cider vinegar like seriously though you have already done that and the fact that the tour shows that mm-hmm. in like six or seven different huge states. And by the way, you have gone global because we're going to New Zealand. <laughs> that's a big step. Not many Australians who are doing well can just rock up to Auckland and have a crowd. Like that's a big deal. So it's a real privilege to be there and see it happen and see you guys, you know, interacting with your community and seeing them like literally bawl their eyes out about the impact you've already made. Well, so thank, thank you, you guys so much. I'm so excited. <laughs> thank you. And we'll see you on the tour. Woo. Woo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love having guests on for a second and third time to trace through the next step in their staircases or the next steps in those staircases since the last time you heard from them. And also because there's just so much more random fun banter when you guys already know the story from the first time. If you enjoyed, and especially because there's such a lovely overlap of our communities, as I've loved discovering on the Kick Tour, please do show the girls some good old neighborhood love and share the episode tagging at Keep It Cleaner and Stefan Laura if it feels right to thank them for so generously giving us their time. Hopefully I'll get to see some more of you on the road over the next few weekends and perhaps we'll even do something similar ourselves next year for the neighborhood. This year has been absolute madness and thank you guys so much for bearing with us but I am finally starting to get my planning hat on again for what yay is to be seized next year. Also a quick note while we're here about another former guest who we absolutely adore, Samantha Gash. I think she's been on maybe four times now because she is the ultimate yay girl and this month is no exception. 
Samantha and her friend, Dr. Jessie Ling, are currently doing a 1,000-mile trek across Nepal's Great Himalaya Trail, supporting World Vision Australia and Movember. That is one of the most special things about Samantha, her ability to tie in her yay with incredible causes. You can follow along the journey. There's actually a tracker of their adventure to sort of quench your own wanderlust if you can't be out there travelling yourselves, or even participate in a 28-day challenge, a virtual trek or run, and so much more they've got going on i'll pop the links in the show notes but please have a look at what they're up to with resilience in motion that's the name of the project at resilience motion is the instagram and uh, you can check out there how you can support her and world vision australia and movember as well in the meantime hope you're having an amazing week and a seizing your yay